Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Hey folks, this is part two of the Three Ring Circus Chat. I'm going to be talking to Danny Myrick, Kip Rains, and uh, Jeffrey Steele's going to join us. Although, he was sitting outside drinking coffee and he got rained on a time or two, so there is some noise in this one. No big deal. Fifteen years or so ago, Jeffrey put together a publishing company called Three Ring Circus. And well, we were the circus. Separately, we all had a blast. But I think we had the most fun when all four of us would get in a room for a whole day or two and let the songs come from where and when they wanted. And we wrote a lot of songs. But as we all know, everything changes, and we hadn't sat down in quite a while all together after going our separate ways. Well, Trace Atkins recently cut a song the four of us wrote called Just The Way We Do It Around Here. And Amy thought it'd be fun to, for us to get together via Zoom and just laugh and tell stories. We did, and uh, here's some more of them. It was a blast. I love these guys. Three Ring Circus. It only took 16 years. Which means we should have some more cuts coming pretty soon. What advice would you give up-and-coming songwriters? (laughs) (laughs) Run. But, um, no, that's the advice, Jeff. It only takes 16 years. You'll be fine. My it's kind of true, right? Kind of, it, sounds like, it sounds like we got paroled. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's comment on, uh, on Honky Tonk was, he goes, you could really go broke waiting for your own money, couldn't you? It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've tried. We've all tried. <laughs> we should do that in a streaming world, man. That's, that's changed everything. Yeah. Where are you at, Jeff? I'm at a coffee shop. Where are you at? I'm at a coffee shop (laughs) off of 96. You know where West Haven is in Franklin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're in town. That little highbrow, yeah, little highbrow joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my uh, daily, uh, telling Bart, it's my my (laughs) daily whiskey. It's all, this is my whiskey now, so. You bike down there? I come and get my injection. And, And you're not scared to drive home? Not exactly. <laughs> or not scared to go home. Which is completely different. <laughs> we all have vices, some worse than others. No, but man, we were talking seriously last week that we would start three or four songs, finish four or five songs. And while, while uh, I had an engineer over here yesterday when we were talking about coming up, it was so funny because any three people would go, okay, you know, okay, one guy would go, I got to leave the room. I got this lift. I'll be right back. You guys work on that song. Then the person that left would come back in and go, okay, here's how it goes. I got a verse and a chorus. What do you guys think? And we go, put that in the pile of eight or nine that we still need to, you know, get to a second verse on. That was so I, much fun, man. Didn't we also write, oh, what a life? Was that another one in that pile? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What was something else, too? Memphis. If I ever get to Memphis, no time for Texas. No time for Texas. No time for Texas was great. Uh, That was kind of the Eagles one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kip, you were so flat on that high part. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is not true. Pre-auto tune. <laughs> yeah, that's before tuning. Maybe. Call I always wonder. I always wonder what would happen if Kevin Sharp and Rascal Flatts got together and did a. They'd have perfect record, pitch. Did a record called Sharp and Flat. He'd be dead on. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, we'll that's never not, know. That's not, even, that's not even a dad joke. That's a granddad joke. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Jeff, I, I know you. I love it. We were laughing at the fact that, you know, what Bart was talking about a while ago is like writing with you was <laughs> you know, starting six different songs before you get the one done. And they're all good, but we like, you know, the co-writes are tough. You were on, you were on such a roll. And obviously, we all wanted those Jeff Steele co-writes. And it's like, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Can we finish this one? Hold it's, on. It's, it was like living in the lightning round. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and we used to get kind of frustrated because... I remember you know, I used to go from room to room, like like doctor appointments. I'd, I'd, I'd go back and forth from room to room in some of those rights. And I'd have Denny Wells in one room and somebody else in another room. And gosh. It's like a Carrie Underwood writer retreat. But that was so fun. I just remember how that was so, um, you know, like having four guys in a room and just really everybody's doing it, you know? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It usually doesn't happen <laughs> where everybody's contributing and, and into the same world. We were all in the same kind of thing at that time. It was just, I thought it was really cool. I always thought you did a real interesting thing from a publishing side and we all have strengths and weaknesses, but we all wrote pretty similar. So I always yeah. thought writing together in any combination of the four of us was always really easy. To me, it was always like if it was a band, you know, like, yeah, you know, if, if it was a band like the old days where everybody in the band wrote and played and really actually knew how to play their instrument. What a concept that what? is. But yeah, it really, it really was a throwback. I mean, the more you, you, were, you probably have more uh, reference to this, Jeff, because where you grew uh -huh. up, I used to love reading about Laurel Canyon and just, you know, the early, the, the 70s rock bands and vocal bands. How they would bring things together that's how that situation felt to me like i grew up playing I, that's band, exactly so what it was lost yeah I, I i think that's exactly what it was it was that kind of spirit of of okay everybody's in the band everybody yeah. has to contribute but you well, got to be able to you know someone's got to be able to kind of and i think we were all good at this just kind of opening up and let everybody contribute because that can be a you know, it's when you got that many chefs in a kitchen, it can be a disaster, which, you know, I went and um, after Kip and I had helped somebody, the Skinner guys invited me out to write with them. Six guys in a room with their amps just cranked on 10, <laughs> just jamming on riffs. And it's like, oh, my God, get me out of here. Like, it was awful. Do we have any lyrics? No, but we got guitars. <laughs> yeah, and it was the, it was the dream come true thing, you know. It was the dream come through true, and then you're just going, "Oh, get me out of here!" <laughs> I also I also always thought that going back to the band situation, everybody contributing, very rarely did anybody get their hackles up to, about being too precious of their own stuff. Ninety nine percent of the time was, "You're oh, dude, that's way better than what I got. Let's go with that," you know. And nobody was very precious about it. We were all writing yeah. for the song, which I think is something you guys all taught me was, you know, don't worry about your percentage or whatever. Just write for the song. Yeah. 
that's always the hardest thing, right, to do is like uh, uh, everybody wants to contribute so bad, right? But, <laughs> but sometimes everybody's role shifts and changes, and it's like, you know, like I always say, that you might be the guy pouring more coffee that day than writing a lyric, or you might be the guy that's strumming the G chord more than coming up with the, you know, philosophy or whatever. But yeah. But when you're all in that zone together, man, it's just – and it becomes – and you think of those songs, you guys. They're so original. They're like, there's nothing like those songs. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. they're pretty unique still. And I think that's they still hold up. I mean, I, I know I still play them live, you know. Yeah. Especially Oh, What a Life. I love that song, man. And I, I told these guys last week, I go, Amy always was very encouraging to me because I'd get bummed out because, like we all said, we all want that chart success. We all want singles. And we all want to make money. But we also want to write, write great songs. And Amy said, you guys aren't writing for the radio right now. You're writing for what radio is going to be. Yeah. And, and I, still, I still think that's true, man. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know how the rest of you guys feel, but I agree. I always felt like, and, and you know, and you got you to gotta tip the hat and you're on the shoulders of guys like Big Al and whoever. But, um, you know, he was one of the guys that told me, he goes, what did you come here for? He goes, what are you doing here if you're not going to do what you do? You mean today? Like, what a waste. What a waste. <laughs> and, you know, you, you just kind of look at yeah. it and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm here to do my thing. I forgot, you know. Yeah, right? And you forget. And, but I think well, – Hey, that, man, I, can, look, hey, I want to – I mean, I, I've told you this before, but that's really a credit to you as a publisher and a, and a friend, especially creatively, that, you know, getting in the room – because, you, you know, you were on quite a roll during those days – and getting in with a lot of hit writers becomes writing their song pretty consistently. You were always really, really great about just welcoming the energy in the room. Um, yeah, that's the deal, though. Yeah, just letting the thing roll. Uh -huh. and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's where the originality came from. Man. Everybody kind of felt freedom to throw their, their stuff out there and um, it, pick apart and just roll with it. Well, man, I'm, you know, shit. To me, it's like, too, you, you, it's like when you go in, you, I mean, you know, Danny and all you guys know, but you, you, you go into a session with these like amazing freaking players and I, I'm always stunned when they come up to me and they're, and they're like, thanks so much for, for letting me just play what I play. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's why you're here. <laughs> Cause they're so used to just reading the chart page and, and not really getting to be creative. It, why are you hiring these amazing players if you're not going to let them you know, bring something else to the party every time, you know? Yeah, the, the difference in what I experienced in, in our writing sessions as opposed to everybody else was uh, that we just got to, we got to be creative, you know? Every other writing session felt like a writing session. Jeffrey, I was telling them the other day on Help Somebody, <laughs> the first uh, the first lyric we ever had down on paper was never let a cowboy make the coffee. Yeah. And that's the song we were trying to write. For yeah. A long and, and time. I tell that story when I play it. Remember we, we, we almost kind of just left it in there to pay homage to it. Yeah, that's right. Almost yeah. Because be, it didn't need yeah, to be Bart asked me the other day, what does it mean? I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't need to be in there. I, I just felt like we paid it homage because that was the starting point of the song. Yeah. And that's another thing. What was cool with you guys too, is everybody got a kind of got the concept of like, just, 
the song is whatever it is. Like it, it, every, you know, instead of trying to write to this thing, it's just whatever comes out, and you and you just start gluing it all together. You know, like sometimes that's just how it goes, and it's not like this start to finish thing. It's just a bunch of clumps of stuff that turn into a song. You know, I think Dan. Yeah, but it says a lot that that's more the exception than the rule when you're writing. I mean, I think that's that's where so much of the cookie cutter thing comes from. You know, all the all the complaints on <laughs> the radio, man. It's like that's the problem. I, we see it all the time. Just what you said. You get in the room with these players, and you put them in this box of okay, here's here's what I want you to play, and don't give them freedom to move. And so ultimately, every record starts sounding just alike. Yeah. And yeah. I mean. Man, I don't yeah, ever it, remember it, us coming into a session going, okay, okay, here's what we got to do. Blake Shelton's cut, and we got to write a Blake Shelton song. I don't ever remember that happening. No, I could never do it. I, I, they mm. would ask me. I remember Steve would always say, hey, Faith is – the only time was Faith, actually. Um, um, but, it, but it wasn't a song that was written for her. It was just a song I had going. But, but someone would come in and say, oh, Kenny's looking for blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like – well, I'm, I'm writing blah, blah, blah. I'm writing whatever's falling down from the ceiling today, you know, yeah. and hopefully that's going to be the right thing for him. But, but that's and always how I still look at it, you know. Looking back on sessions and studio guys, remember after – Did you say looking back? Did you just looking say back. looking back? <laughs> <laughs> that's where the studio was. <laughs> it's a country badass. No, I remember uh, – uh, Pat Buchanan coming up and going, man, you just, you, you never give us any direction. And I said, that's because, why do you think I hired you guys? It's because you're all better than me. I'm going to know, you know, I said, I will know what I don't like, but until then, I always thought it was way easier to rein a band back in than to push a band out. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I feel the same way. You know, and so it's like, go do what I can't do. That's why you're here. Yeah. Remember the we remember we Danny we went down to Memphis a couple times. Oh yeah, I, I can't remember if that was all four of us, but I remember, I remember that was Yeah, I think me and Kip and you went maybe a couple times, and all four of us went. That was so I, I, that that time was just so cool, just so. Um, well, that's what I, that's what we talked about last week. It's like you don't isn't it funny how you don't realize um, in the middle of it sort of the golden age, and it's like it's not really just a nostalgia getting older kind of thing it's like you look back over your career and, and you find this little three or four year span that was so like for me what that period of time was i was i was learning to write songs you know you and i were having conversations in the morning even we didn't write we'd have conversations over coffee and we would talk about these bits i was asking you like what makes a hit song a hit song and not trying to chase hits just trying to do what i did and i look back now and that was probably the most intensely free artistic time of my life really until now because i kind of yeah. give a shit but you know kind of having the freedom to we were laughing about the other day we were laughing how that i would go into steve you know and steve obviously is being a publisher and he's man you know i want to hear these songs approved for demos blah 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 and you're going shit go cut everything man. demo everything that's how you learn what you're doing yeah, what, what makes the song, uh, what ends up making the song is about so much more than the song itself. I, I was thinking about one trip. I was just telling a friend of mine the other day about going down to Memphis once with Jeffrey. And on the way down, he says, um, hey, 
you got to help me watch for cops because I'm like two points away from losing my license. And like later that night, we're on our way back. I look over at the speedometer. It's on like 97. And all of a sudden in the median behind us, we see blue lights. And he's like, hold on. (laughs) And I'm not going to tell the rest of it. (laughs) But but he kept his license. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Nice license plate, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was in Florida. We got people yeah, like, over in Florida as well. Two tickets. I got two tickets on that drive. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. I feel bad now. I've never even been pulled over with either one of you. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. But we were the, you guys know me, the thing is, like, I get so, so excited just – hanging out with everybody and talking i get like it's just so ramped up and, and the next thing i know i got the pedal down to 105 and it just happened to me coming back from florida not too long ago and i hadn't had a ticket in a long time but still kind of that way but um i mean i just I, i'm just get so excited about still about the whole thing that that i can't believe that we're doing this and we've gotten to do this and i was going to say too to danny danny's point uh he, he was he was patting me on the back for being open and all that stuff. And I think the only time I ever gave Danny this is, and this is what's awesome. The only time I ever gave him any grief about anything is when he, he played me She's Country, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, I don't know. It sounds like another one of those Southern rock things. That well, maybe go demo it and see what it sounds like. And he brings back the demo. It's like, oh my god, oh my. God. Yeah, I'll never forget playing you that demo. <laughs> You're like, oh shit. But Danny, it was like it was like it, it was like it was like during a time when everybody started doing kind of a you know they were kind of onto the southern rock thing by then, and everybody uh-huh. was kind of doing it. And it was like, ah, oh, here's another one, here's another one. So when I first heard it, I was like, ah, god. And then, good lord almighty, when I just remember when you brought the the rough mix in of the demo, and I think it was Rob playing guitar, right? Oh, yeah. And it just and just the way you did it and that and, and and that was the thing too like the way that you you went in there because you're you're a producer you know what you're doing you're a musician you got in there with the guys and and took that song to the just the umpteenth level of sonic juiciness as you know as well as what was in the lyric well but, yeah that was but that was that was that was a result of everything that we're talking about from those early two thousands things where you have the freedom of going, like I I remember specifically doing that session and, you know, showing Rob the lick I'd done in the right. And well, even for example, like when we finished the second chorus, we're going, what are we going to do? And my conversation was, I used to love playing in bands, being the bass player when bands would do like Mississippi Queen or something where we could all do the riff, Black Dog, because bass players never get to do the riff. So I said, what if we do this full band riff? And anyway, the whole point being, that all came from that period of time uh, of of your encouragement and all of us going, kind of do what's instinctive, do what's fun and what feels right. And I remember telling the band, nobody's going to ever cut the song, but let's have some fun with it, man. Turn the amps up, let's just crank it, whatever. And, you know, it's that originality is the thing that makes the monster songs. That's really the deal. Absolutely. You're not going to get a cut, but they're life-changing songs. Al Dean should have you on a million-dollar retainer for for, because that song made his career. And that song made his career and kind of changed what was happening in country music at that time. 
And and that. I appreciate that. And I, he should have you on a million dollar retainer, is what I think. You know, I completely I mean? agree with that. Well, Sometimes. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 and that's kind of how the game works. But you know, but but I you know what that is of that. But that that's a reminder for all of us, though. Um, we can all get stuck in the assembly line thing. That's a reminder to chase the magic, man. Like find the the different thing, you know. Don't be afraid to to yeah, like you said, catch what you in the season. Have you guys it never ever, doesn't work? When, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Did you guys ever have a song you just thought was the most amazing thing in the world, and you would take it into the studio to demo it, and it you could just never hook it. And you just gave up on oh, it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, can you repeat? I, I'm leaning up on my speaker. I'm sorry. I'm out. It's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. I said, uh, have you ever had a song that you wrote that you just thought was the greatest thing in history and you took it to the studio to demo it and you just could never catch it? You just never just got it. You apart. Just, yeah. Uh, well, uh, um, I don't know. I, I've, I always felt like, um, if I, like you were saying earlier, Bart, if I just got out of the way at some point, the band would find me. I, I had a couple of moments where I wasn't, I was like, this song's just not tracking what I thought it would be. But I feel like the band always found a way to get me out of it. Hmm. And, 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 uh, on, and just on a sidebar before you, uh, before anybody else answers, I remember Drunk Girl. Oh, remember, remember when we, <laughs> you guys, I kept telling you guys, man, this is going to be the most poignant, Deep, deep, you know, I, I just watched Accused by Jodie Foster and I wanted it to be about date rape and just this really heavy duty lyric. You guys kept going, oh, I just think it sounds like a funny song to me, man. <laughs> and I fought it all the way. I mean, I was like, no, you guys aren't getting it, man. It's a... And then when I went home that night, I was like, you know what? They're right. It is just kind of a sweet, heartfelt, Nostalgia. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's getting off the question, but but I wanted to throw that in here because I always I've always um um I just what a lesson that was for me to to just go, dude, get over yourself and just let the song go where it wants to go, and then you just write another one, right? Who was the girl? Uh, who was the girl that sang? Uh, I'm a redneck girl. Gretchen. Redneck Gretchen. Woman. Okay, <laughs> and who who wrote with Gretchen so much that? Really, Vicky. who? Vicky McGee. Vicky. That's who I always thought Drunk Girl was about. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. Because she was, was so off, sweet. I got off the question, though. She was yeah. so sweet, but she'd have a couple of cocktails, and next thing you know, you'd be losing, picking your own <laughs> teeth up. So, Kip, you said you had a song that fell apart in the studio? Uh, well, no, no back, just kind of back to what we were talking about just now about a drunk girl, um, which I, I wasn't a writer on, but I, I do remember the, the very moment, uh, when Monty Powell said, I've got it. One of these days I'm going to love me. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> And it took a minute. I mean, it, it an hour later, I was still fighting it. Uh, I just couldn't hardest, believe it would ever thing. come off, you know? So, yeah. Especially if it's your, 
your if it's your thing going into the right, you know, and it's hard to let go of it, you know, and and but, but that's why you're in the room with your with your buddies and your mates and your, your guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you forget that because you get you get so precious to your idea. Well, we did. Well, we did. We're so off your question right now. No, no, right. Oh, no. oh, oh I, well, yeah. And oh, coming back, Bart, sorry about that. No. I've done that a lot, actually. And the reason is that um, I was just so precious about like what I was carrying into the studio, you know, um, mm. kind of opposite of Jeffrey's approach of just let the band, if you get stuck, let the band carry you. That's what they do. Yeah. And man, I, ju- I was just, I was too locked down on it. And so I think I lo- lost a lot of demos that way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You got to let it go sometimes. Well, I have two big Al stories and one of them doesn't even involve me, but after he said, <laughs> Bart, you're one of the best guitar owners I've ever met. <laughs> I realized I just needed to leave my ego at the door. (laughs) And the other one, Jeff, you said you and Craig and Al were writing, and you and Craig were against Al on an idea, and you you were just bumping heads all the time, bumping heads, bumping heads. And finally, Big Al, who had just won BMI Songwriter of the Year, reached down into his bag and set his Writer of the Year trophy on the table and then just looked at the guys. And you both said, we're going with Al. <laughs> follow me, boys. Follow me, boys. Oh, man. Oh, is, that's great. Follow me to the bank, boys. Man. That's, well, that's, I mean, there's, there's a zillion stories, you know, but that day, too, was with me and Craig, who were, who were kind of like – kind of came in town at the same time and met each other at the same time. And we're kind of doing, you know, whatever we were doing when we were writing that song. Um, I had like, I had the piece of, it was cowboy and me that the one you're talking about. Hmm. And I had the piece of it in the verse. And I, I kept for the life of me, um, wanting to go to a bridge and then a solo and a bridge. I didn't want to have a chorus structure thing. You know what I mean? And I was mm-hmm. really adamant that, that, that it needed to sound not normal in some way. Did, does that make sense? And, and mm-hmm. Yeah. And me and Craig, but he goes, you can't have a song with a bridge and then come back to the bridge and not have a chorus. I said, no, but the bridge is the chorus. It kind of it kind of does this. It's, the song's doing this, and the solo is the top of the thing. And he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I kept swinging and swinging and swinging. And, and um. And, and ended up kind of, and that's when Al did the thing, and it kind of, I reluctantly got my way, and I wasn't trying to be right, I just felt like that was the program. And and um, it was one of the first times for me when something went right, and you, you got that, that thing turning where you went, shit, I knew that was the form that had to, had to be, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. one of those moments, and, and kind of finally chipped some eyesight, you know, the, you know, the deal with Craig, it's like, you know, he just... He's just shooting bullets at you when you walk in the room. Like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of those moments where I finally was like doing my thing, you know, like, and, and, and obviously he's always been at the top of his game, but you yeah. know, you're just, you're just trying to find your road. And, 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 but that's when Al, that was the moment when Al was. <laughs> I always look. I, 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 sorry. Go ahead, Bart. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just, Sorry, Danny. I was going to say about, you know, the way we used to write, 
going back to that was like even like Hank Williams theory, two chords, so much fun and everything. And I was talking about these kind of songs to a, a young writer the other day. And I said, I've always kind of thought of my career as a songwriter as I have a big can of Pringles. And I eat that first <laughs> chip and I go, eh, that's pretty good. Eat that next chip and you go, that's eh, pretty good. And that next chip, you, you take a little bit of, little bit of uh, ranch dressing or something or maybe a slice of pepperoni and you go, oh my gosh, that's the one. <laughs> so not, not every chip is the one that's going to get you through the door. <laughs> that's right, man, man. Story, those stories those stories Jeff make me think of just like the flexibility the creative flexibility my, my first time with a song like that was with International Harvester that I had this I had this idea about this this uh, farmer who I, the, I think the idea I think the title idea I had was talking to the scarecrow and I was trying to do this big you know serious deep kind of thing of like this farmer who lost everything, lost his wife, his, you know, the crops dried up. And he's kind of Danny, Danny, weren't we writing scare? We were writing it. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing we were talking about this guy who goes out, there's nobody else there. So he's talking to the scarecrow. And I was talking about, I was thinking about my granddaddy's farm and kind of going like, man, like, you know, I can imagine walking to the barn, this guy, he sees, you know, goes past the old tractor, blah, blah, blah. And we were like three hours trying to bang out this idea and got nowhere. And finally, Jeffrey's like, man, let's just write about the tractor. And we kind of go into that thing and then it just flowed. And that was like, that was one of my first lessons. And like, I really saw from writing with Jeffrey so much of all these, we joke about like jumping from one thing to the other, but a lot of times it's just looking for that muse in the room, right? It's looking for that thing to yeah, kind of hit. Finding the thing to run. That's what, and again, that was with, you know, that's, I can't take credit for that. That's Al. Al would do that to me. He would start 10 songs. And, and we, like when we wrote unbelievable, we had 10 other songs going. Um, and that was the one that kind of fell out of the bag. Um, but you know, you start to learn your tricks as you, as you meet your, your guys over the years. Um, but yeah, I remember too, that we were, we were talking about a, we were talking somehow about a John Deere and, and I remember saying, man, we got, there's, there's so many John Deere things out. Is there any other farm thing? Is there some other kind of farm thing? <laughs> International harvester, but it doesn't rhyme with anything. He's like, well, fuck it. It doesn't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird song. We don't got to rhyme anything. We can do whatever well, we want. Even, <laughs> even on the subject, even on the subject of the players, man. Like a couple of other things too. You, this kind of goes along your question, Bart, while ago about the song that you were having a hard time hooking in the studio. I don't even remember the song, but I remember one night I was in. It was a Sound Emporium B. It was late at night, probably nine o'clock. I had done a triple session, and everybody else is gone, and I'm just trying. I, we couldn't get this song hooked. And I just didn't know what to do with it. I'm sitting there with Eric Jaskowiak, who's in engineering. And I'm just like, man, I don't know yeah, what to yeah, do. And Eric goes, you know what this song needs? And I'm like, what? He goes, this song needs Russ Paul. And I didn't know Russ Paul. Like, who's Russ Paul? <laughs> he goes, let me call Russ. And like, you know, this dude shows up like a tool man, like a contractor. Full of stuff <laughs> That's, out of what That's what he is. That's what he is. And we literally played him this track. And he goes, ah, I think I know what to do. And he starts grabbing one guitar and then another thing. And 15 minutes later, we had this track. And then the other time that comes to mind, Jeff, you remember when we wrote Dangerous? And we're in the studio. And yeah, 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 yeah. So first time Jeff had been in the studio with Gretchen and Jeff had like just done this vocal of this bridge that was way too high for anybody to sing. So we're doing the vocal. She's just warming up and Jeff's going like, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do about this bridge. We may have to alter the melody because it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of through the rafters, whatever. And she's like, well, just 
give me a take of it and let's see what happens. And she just killed this bridge. We're just like, and it's again, the power of the people that are just great that you let them do what they do with your song. It was amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Remember, the first Danny, remember she, she goes, I gotta go get my kid. And she left. She like, yeah, just left. One day. She, did like, that once. she was just like pointing a gun at us the whole time. I swear. It's like, hey, yeah, I, don't know if, I don't know if I told you, Jeff, but I was probably five years ago. So this is a long time later. I'm at a Christmas party at Mark Oswald's house. And uh-huh. we're just sitting there sharing stories, talking about Christmas stuff. And I was sitting next to Gretchen, and she brings up the song Dangerous to me. And she goes, you know, man, I always loved that song, blah, blah, blah. And, and we're doing this guitar pull. And she leans up and she goes, she says, do you think you can remember how it goes? No if you, way. She goes, if you can remember how to play it, I think I can sing it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so cool. And so she did. Like, I'm just kind of, and I was having a hard time remembering it. She remembered every word and sang the oh, hell out of it. Oh, my God. Gosh. Anyway. If you know how to sing it, then be sure you Damn it. <laughs> it's more air in you my whiskey. What? You know what I love, too, was like a song like, uh, Oh, What a Life. I just love that song. <laughs> Remember how dumb that song, I mean, it's A to E, right? Right? Hey, Danny, that's a song that has the riff that the guitar player and the bass player play the same. That walking up thing. That, in, in the middle. Yeah. I was just going to say, Bart, like the middle of that song, it's like it's like that songwriter thing where you know you have the liberty to do something because you've been going one to five the whole time in the, yep. in the verses and the chorus. So we remember we just went haywire in that in that solo section. It went to halftime, right? Dude, I remember being in the so studio, cool, man. Being in the studio, going over that riff with with Tom Bukovac, doing that walk up. And he yeah. was just like going like, you guys are idiots, man. But I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, not that, the only that, that time he up. said that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> said, it, said it a couple of weeks ago. Kip and, I, Kip and I had a session one time. I will not even go into that. No, we should I, not. Well, no, what I will say about it, it was so funny that I won't mention the drummer, but there was one particular time we had this song that Kip, I think it was like, it was not a shuffle. Or it was a shuffle, and the yeah, drummer who I mentioned thought it shouldn't be a shuffle, and like we would do takes and just feeling good, and then <laughs> the drummer would be like, "Man, I really think we should try just this thing like straight." And and Kip's like, "Well, you know, man, thanks for your idea, but like we actually wrote this as a shuffle, but then take it again." Yeah, and, like, yeah and the thing was, it's sometimes you know, sometimes like we've been talking about, one of the guys will say something like that, and and a light bulb will go on. And you'll go, oh, cool. But, but this was like our answer to um, what was the Eagles thing that was the, the waltz? Thing? No, oh, the waltz. Oh, oh. Uh, oh, take it to the limit? Take it to the limit. Yeah, so it was the take it to the limit feel, and he wanted to straighten it out. That's mm. right. That's right. But, right. but I got to say this. It wasn't the drummer that wanted to straighten it out. And I, I'm not going to go into who it was, but but we went over this for about 30 minutes until my old self let <laughs> myself out of the cage. <laughs> oh, I met the old kid. It was amazing. Oh my god! Okay. Got a little crusty there, huh? Oh yeah, a little bit. Hey, but you, you, know, you know what that? You know what that session did for me? We were having, uh, you know, I'm not going to pick on any guitar player, but it was one of these sessions. We had a Monday morning session that I think it was the same session 
that, you know, had like a, a, a maybe a double book and just using all these players who had played on a Keith Urban record all weekend long. They're doing like, you know, double scale master sessions on Keith Urban. And they came in Monday morning and just really could not have cared less on Monday morning. None of us had hits and whatever. But anyway, what that did for me is I called Cliff Audrich when that session was over and I said, man, I don't want to use those players again until I have some hits. I don't really have – I haven't really gained their respect, whatever. Do you know another player that would really dive in with me? He goes, well, I know this guy named Rob McNally. You should call him. <laughs> that's how I met Rob, and I never did another session without Rob after that. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Well, well that's, that's so, you finding your groove, you know, right? Yeah. Part of that whole rock, God. you know. Kip, you know. That the, me the, with Bukovac. Bukovac. Yeah. He was unknown. He had been playing with Winona on the road. And same thing. Cliff yep. said, man, well, there's this guy, Tom Bukovac. He just came off the road with Winona. I said, man, I don't want to try a new guy. I, I just I need a guy that can really do my thing. And I was, God, but he came in there. And I never forget, I had Chrome on that session. It was, And he and I had like John Hobbs and Paul, you know, all those guys at the time, Paul Lyon. Yeah. And so Bukovac was like a baby. And I just, I never forget. It was, it was at Love Shack. And during Chrome, he stood up. He stood up and started playing. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy standing up? <laughs> what kind of professional musician is this? I was like, oh yeah, he's he loves what he's, he's doing. Rock and roll, he's rocking. Yeah, and he's making and he made up he made up so much stuff. Yeah. That's hey, a great moment when that happens, man. And Rob for you is like godsend, right? Like Oh, he was the guy. I mean, I don't do I build sessions around him. I don't do a session without him. I just did one with him yesterday. Yes, yeah, what he said. Kip, uh, the the old Kip, saved me on on one song one time. What happened? You uh, you were doing a session. I couldn't be there. The song we wrote, and the whole song opened with this solo thing that I came up with that you just loved. And I remember who the guitar player is, but like you guys, I I won't say, but. He came up with something totally different, and you just walked up <laughs> very kindly and said, yeah, that's great, but it's not how it goes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, God. Uh, making, making friends and influencing people. Hey, man, you made me a friend. That's for dang sure. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> so you know, you, know, you knew what you were doing, man, and, and you, that's, that, that's what it is. I mean. Yeah. But, hey, I, you know, getting back to this song, the reason why we're sitting here, this is a killer song. Yeah. So and um, it's special to me uh, on a level. You know, when I when I did the version for my little record, back, oh, what yeah. was it, 2003, I think, or two, whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever it was, right? Um, I can't remember. But I, I remember um, I had all my kids sang the background. So Alex was singing the background. <laughs> Yeah. On the uh, on the chorus, he was singing singing along the sing along, and Jesse and Casey and uh, um, so that it's it's uh, without getting too out there, um, I'm always talking about full circle, life being full circle, yeah. and little little moments that you just go. And the first thing I I told I texted Jesse because Jesse's like one of her favorite songs. I, I said, you know, we just got that song recorded, and she goes, that's the one that me and Alex and Casey came over and said. I said, yeah, I know. And and uh and then it dawned on me, like wow, all these <laughs> years later, yeah, you know, just, and it's a little thing. It's just a it's a me thing where I can kind of just smile about that, you know, and go, 
wow, we did a great job. We had a, such a fun time writing it. It's such an amazing lyric. And Tulsa time, gorgeous, right? Dude, yeah. Five. Yeah. That, that's it's one and five, that, man. It's genius. The first, the first thing I did. a country song should be. Yeah, the first thing I did was text it to my boys. Because they, you know, that, that little era of stuff, they were little. And so they remembered all those songs, kind of similar ages to yours, a little bit younger. That's the first thing I did. Man, you, you guys remember this song? Like, oh, yeah, get you some ribs. <laughs> I remember all of, all of the kids coming in to, it was Omni B in that little room, you know? That's right. Uh, yep, yeah, Omni B. That's right. And just packed them all in there and and hit record. It was great. I think I, I feel like it was Leanne Phelan too, and a bunch of people. Oh yeah, were stacked in there. And um, and here's the other thing. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I was just busting Kip's ass. I, I was I was getting all like Chuck Cannon on him. I was like, I just don't know, man. Ribs and beer don't rhyme. They this is not a rhyme. <laughs> and, and Kip's like, dude. But that's what it is. It's ribs and beer. It's another lesson. It's ribs and beer. It's yep. that's the song. It's ribs and beer. Shut Dude, I, I, every time I watch Trace's video, I just keep thinking if if one of us would have known Trace a little bit better, we would have been that homegrown hillbilly band falling out of the bus on that on that video. <laughs> I know, you used us. You used us for it. <sighs> I, I just rem I visually remember pacing around that little room and going, I just don't know, man, ribs and beard. And it was, wish there was a harder rhyme for that. And, and I was really hung up on it. I was hung up on it really bad. And everybody's just, we're all in there singing along and having a great, and I'm like, I just don't know about this. <laughs> ribs and beard. And he's like, dude, the song's about ribs and beard. That's what the song's about. My wife, my wife, when she heard it, she said, did you, did you say, did he say, get you some ribs? And I said, yeah. She goes, Oh my God, that's the best line in the song. Like, you, like you <laughs> that's right. But that's that's how you know you get so precious about stuff, and 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 God, you forget how songs that we love are half the lyrics in the songs that all of us love are shit. <laughs> in terms of like, like if you listen to, uh, I still don't know all the words to Brown Sugar. <laughs> right. I still can't oh man what a great song god what a great song i think i sent every car i ever sang brown sugar and i never sang the words right i just blah blah them yeah and i forgot that's part of what it is too and you're sitting here worried about a rhyme it's like dude song is about ribs and beer let it go but yeah all that to say kip that was a good lesson i learned that day because um Oh man, we're we were all doing that to each other all the time. But, and again, and, that, and that's probably a cool thing too is that we all were hitting each other over the head with hammers, going, "No, harder! We got to get this better, better, better!" You know. Mm -hmm. Man, and, I remember and, being on a Jeff session. The three of us, the four of us, were doing BGVs, and I was at one of those places in my life. <laughs> and <laughs> I I was kind of quote unquote demanding to do the high parts and Kip said, you want me to do those? I said, no, nah, I got it. I got it. And two or three more takes and Kip's just over in the corner with his little arms folded, not little, but his arms folded looking at me and he goes, you want me to do that part? I said, yeah, yeah that'd be great. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> I should have listened to you the first time or the second or third time. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, Man, you know, the most, the most fun thing to me was like, 
just this, it felt like we were trying to out creative each other. That's so great. Like we're like, how, mm. how can, we, what, what can we add that's fresh to this song? Like, but a, in a, but in a brotherly way, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But, but I guess my whole point being rather than going, well, that won't work on the radio or man, we need, you know, we need to yeah. put a girl or a truck in it. We were going, how can we make this fresher? And what's something yes. we can do? Yeah. What did the records we grew up on do? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, what, what? what would Elton do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't go there. <laughs> Not me, really? Uh, hold on, stop. <laughs> With who? I don't want to know. Mommy. No. One of the things also you guys taught me, because I was from such a rock and roll background, guitar-wise, is you really taught me, all, all of you taught me, the lesson of less is more. And just the way we do it is a perfect example of that. Sometimes two chords will get you to the end. That's all you need. You don't have to shove 50 yeah. more chords in there just because you know them or you want to show off. I think that's what also Al was saying by, you know, that's enough out of you, guitar holder. Oh, great. Yeah. Man. He would always say to me, he goes, man, it's, it's not what you play. It's what you don't play. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Uh-huh, what? What? Yeah, but listen to this. But I know. I know all that. I could do this. <laughs> yeah, but. And then of course, and then of course, he'd, he'd write some song with all the Mel Bay changes in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> he'd always contradict himself, <laughs> like we all do, Mel though. Bay. Right? I mean, shit. <laughs> and then he'd go, "What? What? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. You did, hey, uh, Jeff. You, you've been doing kind of a band record this week. Say again. You've been doing kind of a band record this week, haven't you? Yeah, and, and I had to. I'm so, so sorry. I had to miss you. I, I did this session. I got this band with Chad Cromwell and uh, Kenny Greenberg, and we. It's been going on for five years, but everybody's been obviously. You know, Kenny's out with. Uh, I think Kenny Chesney and uh, right. Chad's just playing everywhere with everybody. So it kind yeah. of fell out of sorts. And so the blessing of all this crap going on now is that we were able to find some time to get together and and, and test out some of the songs we'd written, which and it was. Just three guys in a rehearsal studio, eight hours a day, like a garage band. And we were just riffing. And then I'd, I'd take it home and try to come up with some lines. And then we'd get back together and write the song lyrically and piece it together. And then we finally were able to go in and cut it the other day. Man, it's just so fun. It's just, That's because it's not like, it's not like going in a room and someone's got a title and a, and a you know, a, the rhyme zone thing on their phone and they're ready to write a song. And, it's like, oh, God, you know, and the drum loops going in the back. It, you guys know, and, and I'm sure it makes me sound like an old man, but just to get in there and play, and, and it's, it's, it's every, it's the force, man, right? It's the force. It's yeah. like the power of God just coming through. It's the force of the gifts we got, and, and, and we're, I just feel like they're so squashed now. We, we can still be creative now in this world, and, and, and where everything's gone electronically and technologically and all that, but it's not the same, right? And I know I sound like an old man, but it's, I'm having so much fun doing it. I That's just, awesome. Golly. And, That's uh, good, man. That's good. I love it. Yeah, I've been doing it, working on it, some cool stuff lately that's been just refreshing as all get out because it's it's not, I just hate the rule book. I, I always tell the writers I work with, Learn the rules and break the rules. I mean, you know, make them your own. Make your own rules up at some point and do what you do. And but you know, you know the structure. But you know, yeah. So it's nice to be able to go in and just like free for all, like you know. And I'm playing bass. You know, Danny, I'm like I'm playing bass again. Oh, I get and, it. 
Get it's it. like, wow, I forgot how much I love this. I know it's so fun, right? So where do you guys, where do you guys, speaking of breaking the rules and writing your own rule book and everything, where do you think country radio is going? Where are we headed? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. Golly, guys. I don't know, Dan, you want to hit that one? For, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I have suddenly, this, this summer I have met, well, I shouldn't say this summer, over about the last eight to 10 months, I've met two or three new artists that I'm really really loving kind of old souls and they're 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 kind of defying what's going on now and they want to just write with a couple of guitars not a loop going and really dive more into the lyrics so I, I think that there's more of that coming around and then i had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago with clay bradley uh, at bmi about this um you know we've kind of done not to put anybody down but there has been a little bit of a of a thing, I guess probably because of 360 deals with all these artists that really are not writers that want to write so they can have another piece of revenue stream, right? Yeah. yeah. And he said the, the one thing that's been good with COVID is that some of those artists are just missing the road. They don't really like writing while the rest no. of us love writing or love writing. So he said, I think it's opening the door for some of those people to get you know, late in the COVID game, get ready to record and go on. I haven't been writing, man. Find me some songs. Where's the great so he, yeah. he thinks that it's going to be like an open door to some catalogs, and um, I hope that's the case. I really, really do. But mm. I don't know, man. Like commercial radio, we're in this weird, you know, kind of free-for-all Wild West thing that the one good thing about the streaming situation is it just lets everything sort of go wherever it goes, and people make their own playlists, and, um, and I don't know. I don't know. It's the hardest thing to fit in. You think maybe it's breaking down formats a little bit, maybe? Well, I mean, I think the kids are doing it. They yeah. don't. They don't have formats. They don't have genres. You pull up, you know, buy a convertible or a Jeep at a red light, and you'll go from, you know, Kendrick Lamar to Hardy to Luke Combs in a heartbeat. Yeah, they just don't think that way. Yeah, I mean, I just I I always fear saying anything because you sound like you're an old guy and in, in every, every generation of kids needs their own sound. Yeah. Just like we did. We didn't like the stuff from the fifties as much as we did the stuff from the sixties and seventies, probably, you know what I mean? Or the, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That whole deal. Every, everybody's got to have their own generation of what they grew up and their songs that they look back on. It can't always be the same as it was and it's got to keep evolving and it does. Um, I just feel it's right now. Again, you just sound like an old man saying it, but but it's um, it's very one dimensional right now. But but it, but if you if you go back in history, you find it. You find that everywhere. Like if I listen to the old, um, what's the old Sirius Channel um, Roadhouse? I think. Oh yeah. And they, I think it's Roadhouse. It may be you know, Willie's Roadhouse, right? Yeah. And yep. you you'll hear a lot of old old songs from the day, and you go, man, that shit sucks. <laughs> There's some shitty songs back there. They weren't all and Hank Williams and chords, all the same chords, all the same production. Yeah, and they're all about beer and 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 yeah. and you know because I complain now. Is there going to be one more song about a margarita? I'm going to blow my brains out, dude. Um, and and you know, margarita and Skinner on the radio. Some some psych psychological deep twist on a margarita lyric. You know, it's like if I hear that again, I'm just going <laughs> to lose my freaking mind. But I, but some of those songs are good, and and, and I and I have to realize that it's not my era now. 
And, you know, I'm a grandpa now. And, and so my philosophy is always, whether I love it or hate it, if I want to stay in it, um, I got to go to the back of the line. Yep. Same. You know, I made it all the way to the front and then some, but I, I can either sit there and go, Hey, look at me or, or, and, and just live on that glow or I can walk to the back of the line and just goof off and laugh and, and, and just yeah. see where these kids are and what they're trying to say and what they're trying to accomplish and go, okay, what do you need me for? Pour, pour some coffee? <laughs> you know, hey, you know I, will say, yeah. I will say, you know, one of the things that's really cool that I hear a lot though with a lot of younger artists and listeners is that they love authenticity, man. And it really doesn't do. matter if it's Ralph or BB King or Kendrick Lamar, man. Like if it's really real and authentic, it's go it's going to connect, you know, they love yeah. Stapleton. They love, you know, Sturgill Simpson as much as they love hip hop. Absolutely. But, 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 but authenticity, I mean, that word means so many different things to so. I mean, authenticity and authentic means something way different to Kendrick Lamar than, than it does to me. Yeah. So I mean, it's generational. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's all important to that generation, but, and, and we're sitting here going, that's not even real. Right. They got that from these guys who got it from those guys. Yeah. And that the one thing I miss is I feel like a lot of them and a lot of them don't have the history that we have. I think, and oh, I may, man. and again, I may sound like an old man, but I feel like we came in, even though we were a lot of, all of us are rock and rollers, right? We're all rock and rollers. Yeah. Um, we knew the we knew the country music history. We were pretty yeah. stout on it because we played so many country bar gigs, and, sure. and we respected it. And I and I feel like, and I, and again, you just can't say this shit without sounding like you're jaded. But but you feel like it's kind of like it's not there. Like people don't know it anymore. People don't know who yeah. Mel Tillis is. People don't know who Tommy Hall is. I think people got I saw so. Tom T. Hall get the Icon Award. Yeah, we're walking out of the room, you know. I'm like, it's freaking Tom T. Hall. This is the guy that wrote old, older, uh, faster horses. Y'all, come on. I think so going? many of these kids never that like. There's so many options entertainment wise that they can't focus. Where that's what I loved about being a rock and roll guy is I'd write country all day, then I'd hop in my car and I'd listen to Pantera on the way home. And then on the way back, man, I, it was all fresh again, and I couldn't wait to write some country stuff. And, but I stayed in at least two lanes musically all the time. But I, I think you're absolutely right, man, about don't know the history. Well, about authentic, you know, there's – yeah, authentic is different to everyone. Absolutely. But, but real, real is the same. Okay. To everyone, yeah. and yeah. I, I I just know that when I saw uh, Kendrick Lamar uh, on Austin City Limits, like playing to the big the big crowd, mm -hmm. uh, I had hope. You know, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, I, he's, I saw him live. Amazing. Yeah, I saw him yeah. hang out just a couple of years ago, and I just um, man, I've had some really really deep conversations with my boys about all of that musically and really, really with Caleb about um, technology. Cause talking about, we've had a lot of conversations about sampling where I've said a lot yeah. of stuff you're talking about Jeff from going, yeah, but man, you're kind of just taking these other things that people and talk, them talking about the creativity of finding sounds, whether it's on your guitar or computer, like it's mm -hmm. still the Great creativity point. of finding sounds. Yeah. And, and I think what I, what I mean by authenticity, really more than anything else is honesty. And I think mm -hmm. I think those are the artists 
look, we talked about this the other day. Jeff wasn't on there with us. Right now, um, Chris Stapleton's Traveler record keeps popping into the top 10 in five years. And that's not because 70-year-olds are buying it. It's because yeah. 25-year-olds are downloading it. They're finding it. And that's a super stripped down thing. And it's just one example of it. I think that you know Jason Isbell's on fire for a reason. And and then Luke Combs, man. A lot of those songs are super, super simple. I find myself... Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't know that I would have said that, but man, he's found he's given been given license to speak, you know, <laughs> redneck, and like they love it, you know. Yeah, yeah. and there's stuff. room. Yeah, there's, there's room for it, and, and it's and it, it's a business, so we're we're around a lot of it. We're around a lot of the crap of it, you know, the daily yeah. crap of like everybody trying to copy everybody else, and we have to write with a lot of those guys. But the originality is certainly out there. And as fresh as ever, and, and again, to your, your kid's point about the Sonic thing, Danny, all the stuff's been done. So yeah. they're out there, they're out there tripping and stumbling, stumbling looking for uh, oh, rain. Oh, oh Jeff's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the window. Yeah. To clap. Holy uh, crap. Talk about a perfect ending. And uh, and I guess up oh, there he is. You got, you got it, okay. <laughs> it just started dumping raining on me, man. Dumping. Dude, you can oh, move surprisingly that's quick. That's a great dumping. segue. Always oh, is Jeff's iPad. Well, uh, anyway, I don't know if you heard that, but yeah, I think it's it's there. I think I think that the the music is as great as it's ever been. But again, we're gonna always be surrounded by slop and and goo. <laughs> yeah. Well, spe- speaking of, oh, sorry. Speaking of authenticity and uh, and what Danny is calling honesty, and I'm calling real. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to promote something, and that is Danny's new video. Woo! God is a gun. Oh my goodness! Uh, check it out. Check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll send it to y'all. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to lose a lot of family members, but it's honest. Yeah. Well, man, Jeff is in a monsoon, and uh, we've <laughs> gone a, we've done another hour here. Guys, thank you so, so much. I hope we don't wait another 13 years to do this again. And uh, does anybody ha- have anything you want to promote? You want to put your socials out there or anything? I'm easy to find. Am I there? <laughs> yeah, I missed all that, you guys. Sorry. No, dude, we're just wrap, wrapping up, man. You're on a freaking monsoon, so we're going to get on out of here. Uh-oh, he's, he has uh, muted himself, I think. Oh, probably. Jeffrey? There we go. There, there he is. Go. Okay. No, man, I was just saying, you're, uh, you're in a typhoon there, so we're going to get out of here so you can <laughs> go buy an umbrella at Kroger's. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> has arrived. That was so much fun. Yeah, let's not wait 13 years to do this again. Well, just track us down, Bart, and let's do it. We should all get in a room together, too. It'd be fun. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I'll, I'll get all to right, work on that. see you guys. You too. Love you, boys. All right.